With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style... Claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Surprise! That is right, ladies and gentlemen. You're not hearing something crazy. You don't have to adjust your radio. Yeah, I went there. My name is Matt Rory. It is 1 p.m. Eastern on a Saturday afternoon. And the reason I want to establish that right off the bat is that I don't want people coming to me tomorrow when they listen to this podcast and tell me that I was predicting things after they happened. This is The Careless Whispers, MBA. Playoff preview. Calvin Chamberlain, how are you? But Rory, the Washington-Toronto game has started. It's, four, it's 14 to 13, according to ESPN.com, which is probably you're not supposed to be behind. To, you're not supposed to tell them that you know the score, and I didn't know the score, nor did I want to know. Now you've ruined the whole thing. That's ruined. Your prediction will be inaccurate because you know that Toronto was up a point a couple of minutes ago. Right. That series is going to be close anyway, and we'll get into that. Uh, but we are just going to jump right into this, unless you've got anything you want to say to the people. Uh, I mean, hello. But I hello. think I can skip the usual, uh, usual couple minutes of banter. Yeah, we're not trying to make this thing go too long. We just wanted to get our thoughts out there before the, uh, the playoffs actually started. And actually, we since we are live, if you're actually listening to us right this moment and you want to call, you can do that too, 347 Two one five seven 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 one. I don't uh, anticipate many people calling here, Calvin. So it's probably just you and me, which is fine. And we will get our thoughts out there. These NBA playoff predictions are brought to you by Lynda.com and Peak Brewing. Peak Organic. Yeah, we didn't want to. We didn't want to wait till two stages because obviously there'd be a couple games in the book in the books, and it it, it wouldn't feel right. So we decided to just do a little. Uh, impromptu show, I guess impromptu, but only slightly impromptu show. Uh, our playoff prediction. So, Rory, why don't you just take take it away? There you have it. All right. Uh, shared with me. I sh- didn't need to say that. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Team Green Truth, and of course, CLNS Radio is on Twitter at CLNS Radio. We start with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, your Boston's. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, Calvin, taking on the Brooklyn Nets, who frankly don't deserve to be there. That team is a joke. Uh, the the hater in me wants to say they will get swept in this series, but I think they'll probably take a game. So I'm going to say Hawks in five, but I do want to discuss this series just a little bit because I think Brooklyn is just they're a team that that doesn't belong there. They sort of back their way into the playoffs, even though they beat Orlando on the last day of the regular season. Um, that was not an, an easy start to that game for them. They were down early in that game. They had to come back. So I just I, I can't picture the Atlanta Hawks losing more than one game to this team. They're, they're too well of an oiled machine. So you're right. They are a well-oiled machine. The Hawks have always a difficult team for me to talk about because they're so they're so system-based, and it doesn't—it almost doesn't feel right 
to like discuss well, aren't, aren't the aren't the Celtics system based too though? When we talk about them all the time. Yeah, maybe well the Celtics are system based, but I've also one seen a lot more Celtics games. Sure. So okay. It's, it's easier to talk about them. And, and two even though they're they're system based, I I feel like the difference I mean one of the differences between the Celtics and the Hawks is the 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 Hawks are sort of a machine, whereas like the Celtics, yeah. you can see, you can see like where the system breaks down, like who with, you know what I mean? It, like you can see where it stops. Whereas, right, like, like which players Hawks, need which players need to be upgraded, etc. Yeah. Right, exactly. Which players need to be upgraded, or like, yeah, who's going to, you know, stop the ball in their system, or you know, the fact that they want to be a three-point shooting team, but they don't really have anyone who's good at shooting threes. You know, that's that sort of thing is like <laughs> goes along with. Uh, but with Atlanta, it's like yeah, they're a good shoot, three point shooting team, and yeah, you you say look at Kyle Korver, um, but you certainly it, it's hard to like to talk about guys individually. Oh, that's not that hard. I mean, Paul Millsap's great, Al Horford's great. I, I feel like their weakness, and we'll see this in later rounds, is, is they they're going to have trouble with teams that have a lot of size. And if you look at the way Book Lopez has played, like, down the stretch in the season, it's surprising how well he's played, like, just kind of under the radar. But he really brought the Nets, like, back into contention. Not contention, but contention for the playoff spot when, you know, it looked like they were going to be a lottery team. And so you can you can argue that, like, maybe Horford and, you know, certainly Millsap would have some difficulty with that matchup. But I just yeah with their with the way they the Nets really don't play defense that effectively uh, with the way they run their offense I, I I had a hard time seeing Darren Williams at this point in his career staying in front of Teague or Schroeder I think the Hawks are going to win the series in five yeah I'll, I'll give them I'll give them one game Brooklyn just based on experience yeah I don't I don't even want to do that like but I would give them one game at home because they can maybe scrap and claw one together maybe the Hawks have an off shooting night maybe things sort of collapse for them in, in a game three or game four but I don't I mean really if if I really wanted to put put it out there I'd just say it was it'd be a sweep and I'm I'm really being generous in my mind by giving that Brooklyn that one game at home just because of intangibles etc what have you Kevin Garnett wills them. I'm sorry, he's not there anymore. But they maybe they remember that Kevin Garnett would have wanted them to win. He gives them a call. He says, "Come on, guys." No, nobody likes this team. Kevin Garnett wouldn't even call them. I'm sure. This Brooklyn Nets team is a joke. They're boring. Speaking of, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's. I mean, they're boring. They are slow. Deron Williams, according to Paul Pierce in, in that article um, that we discussed on the show last week, or on one of the post game shows, one or the other. Um, it said that Deron Williams didn't really care enough to be a, a superstar type of player, and I believe that. And I, I don't know. I, I just don't see this Brooklyn team standing up to to the Hawks more than one time, and that's that's generous. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. I, I feel like Paul Paul Pierce we, in that article. First of all, I, I like that he's kind of showing his jerky side. I don't know. Like, Paul Pierce has sort of always had that element to me, but I feel like he's just, he's kind of, he's like been quiet over the course of his yeah, career. So like, but at this point, he just doesn't care or something. Right, exactly. Kind of like with Kobe, with Kobe had the same thing, kind of the Kobe syndrome. Um, so I'd like to see that out of him because it, it kind of gives him more personality. But I, I can you remember the last time a guy like buried his, his former teammate, like in, in public? Like for no for no reason, man. Especially a guy that seems to be cordial over the course of his career, and seems to have respect for his fellow players. You know, I mean, and especially his teammates. In the same in the same article, he he sort of bashed Ray Allen and stood up for for Rondo for showing to, to say he should have been show, showing support by going to functions and events and stuff like that. Well, Paul Pierce isn't really showing support for Deron Williams right now, so that sort of tells me that maybe. Deron just maybe Pierce is right, and Deron Williams just doesn't have the right mentality, and that's the type of player that Pierce will call out. I guess I don't know. Well, you know what? He's convinced me. Uh, Hawks in Good. four. I, I, I just switched. Yeah. Like Wonderful. That. Well, I'll stay Hawks in five, even though 
my my heart of hearts tells me Hawks in four. Um, and I would love it if the Hawks swept this series. Who cares if they get rest for the next series? They're a solid team. They'll be fine. And uh, all the more that they can take on uh, Cleveland if they get there. Chicago, for that matter. I don't want to tease anything, but Cleveland's next. They are the two seed. They are playing the Boston Celtics, baby, the number seven. Celtics get into play into the playoffs. People around here are just ripping them apart. Mike Gorman of Comcast Sportsnet, Calvin, went on a radio show and said the Celtics, quote, the Celtics could take it to six. Two days later, he went on a television show and said he thought the Boston Celtics are going to win in six. And he is dead set on this now. He has changed his mind. And I'm starting to feel like I'm going to change my mind too. Because he may have convinced me, the homer in him. And he's wearing his green goggles and all that. But Mike Gorman is one of the most respected basketball minds and broadcasters that that I know of. I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about him. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can enlighten me. But when he's, he comes out, and really starts to think that the Celtics have a legitimate chance to win this series in six games. I'm starting to wonder what he what he knows or what kind of drugs he's on. And he fully admits that well, that's what a lot of people are thinking that he's on drugs. But his reasoning is is it's, I mean it's pretty yeah, solid. He's basically just looking. He's basically just looking over the past few uh, months and not months, but weeks. I should say, like maybe six weeks. 25 games, something like that, 30 games. Um, and just looking at the way the Celtics have been playing, and statistically, they they are right up there with the Golden State Warriors as the best offensive team in the league. Uh, and Mike Gorman, I think, is looking at that and saying, well, since the Celtics got Isaiah Thomas, they're a different team. A lot of people look at the Celtics and say they're a 500 team. They're, they're this, they're that. But when you do look at them, since the new core has sort of been formed here, they are one of the top, they've been playing anyway, like one of the top teams in the league. So couple that with the fact that I already thought the Celtics were going to win two games in this series, because I don't think Cleveland is, is going to come out ready to go. They've all missed too many games together. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics jumped out and took game one and then lost a couple in a row. Uh, but couple the stuff that Mike Gorman's saying with my own opinion already, I'm, I'm starting to think this thing's going at least seven and maybe the Celtics do end up finding a way to win it. And I shouldn't say at least seven, but I th- I'm starting to think this thing's going seven. Perhaps even eight. Yeah. Um, yeah eight or nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Call me a homer, man. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm not, I'm starting to flip. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to call you a homer because, I, I, I've done enough work with you that I feel like you're you're relatively well grounded, and I'm not going to call Gorman a homer, although I, I do think that he's slightly homerish. But I think that when you put him in a booth with Tommy Hansen, it's like he, you know, <laughs> he, like he, by one, it's difficult to like not go along with what the other guy is saying. With you. Like you can't just conflict with him all the time, otherwise <laughs> you're not going to have a smooth. Yeah, Tommy's gotten to him. Be, like yeah. So I think that Heinzen kind of pulls him down that vortex sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think he's good, uh, good at what he does. But that being said, I just I think it's a bad matchup for you guys. I, I don't see, like, uh, who, who's guarding LeBron in that series? Yeah, Jay nobody's Crowder guarding LeBron. Through, yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's the idea, though. That's the, it hasn't that always been the way to beat LeBron's teams is to let him get his and stop everybody else? So then you say who's going to guard Kyrie Irving, and while that is an extremely tough matchup, don't you think that Marcus Smart can stick with him? See, I, I, I've never thought that he that that mindset either. I've, I've, I feel like that's an old NBA adage uh, with superstars to, to let them get theirs and then, and then stop everybody else. Like I've heard it heard it throughout history. But the, the problem with letting somebody get theirs and then stopping everybody else. Is like that works in a scenario where like LeBron gets twenty seven and you shut down everybody else. You know what I mean? It doesn't work in a scenario where you're where you're playing, uh, you know, you're playing Miami and LeBron's 
you know, scores 35 in the fourth quarter of game six. Like, you really stopped everybody else, but it doesn't work because LeBron was, was dominant, you know? And I feel like True. he could easily be, I feel like he easily be dominant in this series. in like, stopping everybody, because you can't stop everybody else, but you can make everybody else play badly. But LeBron could single-handedly win this series. I do think that you have good defensive matchups for Kyrie Irving, although I, I don't think, I don't know, I, I've kind of, I've kind of fallen back against Marcus Smart just lately, just because I feel like one, one his temperament, and two, I, I think that he he still sort of makes too many dumb plays, even though he he looks like an effective defender. You know, he looks like a brick wall, but he still kind of commits too many cheap fouls, and it gives a guy like Kyrie Irving, who's basically has the best handle in the league. Like I I wonder if he's going to be able to you know get smart in a lot of foul trouble in the series. Yeah, that's yeah, the I one see. thing that that that's the one thing that would will uh, bite the Celtics is that they're young. So not to bring officiating into it, but to bring officiating into it, they're gonna they're gonna give the the calls to the Cavs. Obviously, that's that's a given. If it's a fifty fifty type of call, Marcus Smart is not gonna get the call against Kyrie Irving. So he's gonna have to play perfect defense. Which you're right, that's that's gonna be pretty difficult to do. Which is why I'm not picking the Celtics to win this series. My official pick for this series is Cavs in seven, but only because they're at home. How about that? No, I think that the Celtics are going to push this one. I really do. And maybe Mike Gorman got to my head. We just hearing him all over the, the airwaves the other day, uh, yesterday, the day before. But uh, I, I'm, I'm really starting to think the Celtics have a shot to win more than just two games in this series. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to go out there and say anything can happen in game seven, because I think if it comes down to that, then it will be the LeBron show and it will be Cleveland clamping down at home and taking the series. Uh, but getting to game seven would be an extremely amazing accomplishment for the Boston, this Boston Celtics team, considering the players that they're putting out on the court. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, I really wish they had played Atlanta. I mean, I, I don't, I, I was super off Atlanta. I'm kind of back on just because of the East. I think maybe uh, my towards their coverage was pushing them too negatively. But I, I think that the Celtics could have, you know, based on styles again, could have given Atlanta a series and, and maybe even had a chance to win. But I just don't believe it with, with the way they match up with Cleveland. So I've got uh, Cleveland in at five. I, I thought about a sweep, but in deference to Stevens, yeah, I'm gonna say definitely not a sweep. I would almost guarantee not a sweep because Brad Stevens and just the, uh, the fact that Cleveland, I really don't think that they're gonna be cohesive throughout this series. I think they're gonna find it's gonna, it may be a little bit like uh, like that Atlanta Celtics series back in 08 where the Celtics sort of found themselves along the way getting tested and trying to having to figure it out. Um, and losing a game here or there. Not to say that this Celtics team is as good as that Atlanta team was, uh, but I think that that this Cleveland team has the potential to be as good as that Celtic team was. So they are going to need to figure some things out, and it starts with this series. So I think they're going to ha- have their bumps, and and then uh, we'll see if they can keep going throughout the, uh, the Eastern Conference playoffs and get to the finals. But their next uh, opponent would be the winner of the 3-6 matchup, which is Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, this one to me, Calvin, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this series, but it looks like it's, it's a typical older veteran team that knows how to get it done in the playoffs, matching up against a younger, uh, first playoff type of team. And the bulls are going to get this thing done in five. If you ask me, I just don't see Milwaukee beating the, the experience of, uh, of Chicago. Yeah, I also don't see Milwaukee beating Chicago. But I, I will say this. I, I think that, that it's going to be a longer series than, than that. I think it's going to be a six-game series with Chicago winning. One, I feel as much as I like Tom Thibodeau, I feel like his teams like usually burn out like near the end of the season. And, and they, well, they seem to underperform in the playoffs. They, well, they do. But that's that's precisely the reason that I'm picking them to start strong in this playoffs because – by all accounts that I've seen, they're as healthy as they've ever been at the end of a regular season. They they are healthy, but I think that they have continuity issues. Uh, like I'm not sure that that they they've ever figured out, you know, uh, what Derrick Rose's role should be now that he's not Derrick Rose anymore. 
when he plays. I, I think they they never figured out uh, how to play Pau Gasol and show Kim Noah at the same time. I think that uh, you know now that uh, Nikola uh, Mirotic has sort of come on, they've never figured out that you know he is he is ideally a stretch four. They've never really figured out how to get him minutes on there with with Todd Gibson playing the four. He's had to play a lot of three. He can't really guard you know wing quicker threes. I think that they have a lot of roster issues that, that even at the end of the season still, like that team doesn't quite know what it is. It hasn't really maximized its potential. And I think that Milwaukee, you know, they're not a, they're not a great team or even like a, a very good team, but what they are is really good defensively. They sort of switch on everything. I, I think that they're going to like pose a, a difficult not impossible, obviously, because I'm picking Chicago in six, but I, I think they're going to pose like a difficult defensive matchup for them. Uh, you know, Chicago's point guards are, are undersized, too. And Michael Carter-Williams is, is a you know, defensive terror. I, I think they'll get a game or two out of the series, so I'm going Chicago in six. Yeah, I think they'll get a game um, just because of their, of their length and the way that they can challenge shots. And their fans are rowdy, too, They're and their fans are going to be ready for this series. So who knows? Maybe that building brings a win out of them. Um, I know that I, I feel like there have been times sitting in Boston where I've thought that the fans contributed to wins that uh, the Celtics have pulled out. And I would imagine the players sort of feel that way as well when the energy is, is rising. That's kind of the, the point of the whole thing, right? Um, so I could see Milwaukee winning two games in this series, but I, ultimately I just think that Chicago, Chicago's experience uh, and their their talent level is that much better than, than Milwaukee's, and I think they're going to they're gonna win this series in five. Um, I guess we that one we just ripped right through. Yeah, man. Don't, Next, they don't, they don't all have to be. Uh, no, they don't all have, have to be psychoanalyzed. Before we before we move on, though, just in, in general, how do you how do you feel about the Bulls as a as a playoff spoiler in general? Like, do you buy the idea that like there's a third team that could make the NBA Finals, or do you think it's Atlanta, Cleveland, or bust? No, I certainly buy that there's a third team. I think the the Bulls or either team in the in the next series, the the four or five matchup that it, it, we're about to talk about, uh, I think either yeah. one of those teams could could make the finals as well. So I don't think this is a one two and nobody uh, and nobody else has a chance type of thing. Uh, whereas in the in the West, when we get to that, you're going to see that pretty much seven teams have a chance to make the finals if it if it ends up going that way. Um, do they was a couple of them would need a couple of nice bounces and lucky shots in a couple of these series, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. But in the East, a lot of people are saying what you just said, Atlanta, Cleveland, that's it. Um, no, I think if the bulls get out of this series quickly and they can rest up a little bit and the Celtics do give the Cavs the run that I'm expecting them to give, then it's possible that the bulls could either wear them down enough uh, or beat them. So that in in the Eastern Conference Finals, no matter who they're playing, they have an easier way uh, time of beating Cleveland or the Chicago is, is there anyway. So no, I don't. I, that's the thing. People are all over Cleveland because it's LeBron and he's the best player and he, in the NBA. And I mean, he's not the MVP this year, but he's he's definitely the best one on one when it comes down to it. Who's going to score for you, player in the NBA? But I just don't buy it because I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of teams in the NBA go to a more team oriented approach. And I just, I, I think that that is the, the way to, to win now. And the bulls are one of those teams that play like that. And pretty much everybody else in the league are teams that play like that as well, which is why I don't think the Cavs to sp- a little spoiler here are going to win the NBA finals. Go ahead. Yeah. I just think, I think the reason people are on Cleveland more than just Cleveland is, you know, the, the fact that a the Hawks have totally sort of fallen apart in the second half of the season. Although that to me is, is one of the things that I never really believe in. Like I don't, I don't really put much stock into like when teams wear down near the end of the season and they, they're not playing very well because I feel like we see that every year uh, with teams that like look like they're not going to play. They look like they're not going to, you know be what they were, and then they're still interesting in the play. Like the Patriots last year, for example, they were still interesting in the playoff, uh, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and gave Miami a decent series. I think it's possible to, like, 
get out, you know, get out in front of things and like have have a good team and just sort of take your foot off the gas because the NBA season is long and I think Atlanta will they they won't like flip that switch because uh, they you know this particular team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience so they'll they'll have to get back into that gear but yeah I, I think this, the same thing works with so I sort of believe in Atlanta more than than. Uh, a lot of people, I guess, the point that I'm making in Chicago, I have, you know, already already said their issues, but I think that that their team, that a lot of people think can't compete in the playoffs. So then it's like, who else is there? Everybody else is either, you know, Toronto and Washington have both fallen apart. It's just, I think it's just a factor that the East is not what it's even oh. been in recent years. Well, I think Toronto is your dark horse here in the four-five matchup. They are the four. Uh, I think that that team, if they can figure themselves out again, that they are a dangerous team. I think that they can score. I think Lou Williams is a player off the bench that could could really light it up in these playoffs and and hurt somebody, you know, and just sort of give a knockout punch here or there to win a game or two. I think Lou Williams is probably good for two games in a, in a playoff series. Actually, I should say in a couple of playoff series, one game per series. How about that? Um, I think uh, that overall just their offense in general, if they can find a way to get it going in the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous team. And I, I just, I, I could totally see them ending up in the, in the Eastern conference finals. Uh, and it, I don't hate the matchup against Cleveland. If they're there, I think that Toronto is a team that people are overlooking. And I just, the talent level might not be there, but again, this is the type of team that is starting to play more as a team. And it's not one superstar player. Sure, they have Kyle Lowry. They have Williams, like I just said. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, of course, is, is a all-star potential player. But overall, I just think if they can get themselves going as a team and start to play the way that they were playing earlier in the season, uh, this is, they could be a tough team to, to, ta- uh, to take on. With that being said, I am so torn on this series. I have no idea who's going to win this series. I think it's going to go seven. I don't give a home court advantage in that game. So, I, I mean, I still think it's a coin flip. My heart says go with Washington because I, I prefer to watch that team, and I think that they're a, a more fun basketball team, and they have Paul Pierce, and I like Gortat. John Wall, of course, is explosive. They're just a more exciting team. But I I can't count up Toronto for some reason. I can't overlook them like everybody else seems to be. So, Give your little thing, and maybe I'll come up with, maybe I'll flip a coin, and I'll and I'll make an official prediction. But I think it's going seven. I so dismissive terms you're using. Can I just give you a little thing, and then I'll decide? Uh, no, that's not what I meant. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so like, I was, I'm surprised you didn't just go with the Raptors after your long spiel about how the Raptors uh, they, know, the well I could have done I could have done the same spiel about Washington to be honest with you I think that they could also do the same thing and come together as a team and they have veteran leadership uh, which is something that Toronto doesn't necessarily have but I think Washington could be an NBA Finals team as well uh, so that's part of the re- I don't know I, I, I don't know I couldn't just go with Toronto here's the thing both of these teams have been Sort of mediocre at best after after strong starts, um, particularly Toronto, which had a stronger start and sort of a stronger fall. Uh, in Washington's case, I feel like there's been some excuse because Bradley Beal sort of excuse me been in and out uh, of the roster all season, and uh, you know Nene is always sort of on and off hurt. Uh, the Raptors, you know, have had I guess similar issues a little bit with uh, Demar Derozan, but. Just less so. I, I think that in Toronto's case, honestly, it's sort of been like the, the noticeable decline of Kyle Lowry, and that's something I'm I'm really concerned about. Like I watched uh, that the game a couple games ago late in the season where the Celtics played Toronto, and I watched the game when they played Toronto earlier in, early in the season where Lowry was just a beast. He was defending the Celtics point guard like full court, taking you know. So he basically dominated them. Won the won the game in the fourth quarter uh, that I saw earlier in the season. And when I saw him, you know, uh, in this game they played the other day, he, he kind of just looked like another guy. He stood out less than Lou Williams. Like Lou Williams has taken over the role of primary point guard, even though he still comes off the bench. 
on that team because I feel like Lowry, Lowry, like because he plays so hard, he plays a full court game. I just think he's burned out. I think if, if he could take the LeBron two weeks off, maybe he could come back and be fine. But he doesn't look like anywhere near the Lowry that I think he needs to be. And I, I think this what this comes down to: the Raptors are a really good scoring team that doesn't have a lot of defense. And Washington is a really good defensive team that's not nearly as good at scoring. And I, I think for me, it comes down to the fact that I, I think I like Washington's defense a little bit more than Toronto's offense. I think Lou Williams is effective as he's been. Like I, I don't know if that's the offense I'm, I'm trying to rely on in the playoffs. So or even to Rosen or you know, I've already talked about Lowry. So I, I think, like, when it comes down to you know single possessions, I'll, I'll take the defense of Gortat and and John Wall and, and those guys over the offense of Toronto. So well, just quickly, quickly on. Sorry, you want to throw the prediction out there? I was going to say yeah, something yeah, on Lowry. Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going Washington in seven. I do think it's long. Washington in seven. There you go. Long series. Um, quickly on Lowry. He did have a terrible game against the Celtics, but he bounced back the, the next night, actually. Played the back-to-back. He had 26 points and seven assists. He actually had six three-pointers, and he was very active on defense as well with three steals. So not to say that either one of those games is where he's going to be in the playoffs, but uh, I just I feel like maybe he's sort of been saving himself for the last month or so because he did get hurt and he's trying to been rest. He's trying to rest up. Um, all right, I'm going to go Toronto in seven just to be opposite of you. There you go. Because I still I I, I I didn't flip a coin. I still can't figure it out. Here I'll flip a coin right now. Everybody ready? Here we go. Heads. It's Toronto. Tails. It's Washington. It's heads. There. Toronto in seven. Done. Okay. The Western oh, okay, Conference, Calvin. What? What? Yeah, real go. Quick, before we move on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to predict right now that, that Washington will, will hire a new coach next season, and they'll be way better than they are now. Um, Interesting. Come, yeah, come Randy back. Whitman is. Yeah. Yeah, Randy their Whitman is nothing time, to call home about. Their, time, their, their offense at times is ugly. And, and I think if they, yeah, if they just get the right guy in there and he can actually run some plays, they're going to be a lot better. So. All right. The Western Conference now, sir. This is where you're going to shine. This is what I say all the time when we talk about the West. I, I mean, obviously, I don't get to see the games as much. I'm usually sleeping when they're on. Uh, so I won't have a ton to say about these series, but I do have opinions on all of them. Before we get to that, though, everybody should head over to www.reachedapp.com slash CLNS and download that app because if you like listening to us and you like chatting with your friends about sports well the reach app is a new way to do it and uh you can get it on ios as well as the google play store so for your android devices there um you can just chat with all your friends about sports and share it across all your social media pages at the same time technology baby that's where it's at reachedapp.com slash clns that's r-e-a-c-h-t app.com slash clns um and while you're at it also go to audiblepodcast.com slash celtics because you're gonna get a free audiobook when you do clns radio is bringing you free audiobooks whatever book you want it doesn't have to be sports it can be anything you can read a book on fantasy on finance what other f words can you read a book on yep that one too go over to audiblepodcast.com slash celtics all right calvin western conference baby Golden State, the one seed, many people's pick to just rip through the Western Conference and destroy the Cavs in the NBA Finals. They have the MVP in Steph Curry. They've got a flashy offense and a really good defense, but they're playing a New Orleans Pelicans team who has a superstar or an up-and-coming superstar of their own in Anthony Davis. Is that is Anthony Davis enough to win a game or two in this series, or is, is Golden State really going to just rip through this first round like a lot of people are predicting. I personally think Golden State takes this one in five. I also like Golden State in five. Uh, I mean, do, do, does, that count, does that count as a rip-through? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think Anthony Davis is awesome, and I don't think this this series will reflect poorly on Davis at all. In fact, I think Anthony Davis will dominate. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, it's like the team around him is not that great. I mean, they, 
look, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They're not that great, like, defensively, for example. I think that uh, True Holiday is, is a pretty good point guard, but, like, Tyreek and Eric Golden and the other guys that handle the ball uh, don't protect the ball very well. Golden State is basically the you know, the best team in the league at scoring off of turnovers. I expect that, like, they're going to be careless with the ball, and it's going to be, you know, a lot of turnovers, a lot of scoring and transition where Davis really can't do anything defensively about it. Uh, I, I think that they'll, they'll have, pull Davis away from the basket with guys like Draymond. They'll play that, that small lineup and, you know, like I said, pull them away from the basket. Their defense won't be as, as effective. And they'll, they'll sort of win by scoring around Davis. I think that's what's going to happen. They, they just don't have enough weapons. But yeah, I don't said, think New Orleans... I, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that being said, I, I, I think that uh, they will win a game, and I think you will see uh, another game where Golden State sort of has to win with a you know a last-second shot. So it, it'll be a five-game series that maybe it doesn't quite feel like a five-game five series, but I'll, I also expect a blowout or two, so I, I guess it'll... In, on balance, it'll just be a normal five-game series. Yeah, you're definitely right about New Orleans not having enough weapons around Anthony Davis uh, as far as scoring punch is concerned. Um, they just they, I, they just don't have the weapons to hang with Golden State. This one, I don't think, should be close, but uh, I think the matchups are good enough in the NBA and that the, the, play, the quality of play in the league this year has been good enough throughout the playoff teams that – um, there are going to be some close games, and I think there are going to be a handful of them in this series as well. Um, so that's that's it. I'll go Golden State in five, but I think you're right that it's going to be closer than, than it looks. Um, the two seed out west is, excuse me, the Houston Rockets, which if you had asked me a month ago, the same as if you had asked me if the Celtics would get in, if you had asked me a month ago who the two seed in the in the west would be, I would, I would not have told you the Houston Rockets. Uh, this team has come on strong in the past month or so. And I, I, I guess more like six weeks. But this is a team that is really ruining my dark horse to, to, to win it all from the preseason. Uh, if you remember, I was really high on Dallas going into the season before they got Rondo and all that stuff. Even before any of that happened, I was high on the Dallas Mavericks having a really nice year and making a run at a title. And I think Houston is going to ruin that because uh, as intriguing as this matchup is with the whole Chandler Parsons thing and the fact that they're rivals within Texas and et cetera, et cetera. uh, One of Dirk's last playoff first rounds, probably whether he gets out or not, this is probably one of his last. I I can't imagine him going more than another year or two after this. Uh, So watching Dirk Nowitzki is going to be something to look for in this series. I just think Houston overall is too much uh, for Dallas. They're a a powerhouse out there now. They're playing excellent basketball. Terrence Jones comes back from every injury imaginable, and he's still playing strong. They are deep now. Um, Having Josh Smith in the role that he's in is probably the best thing for him and for any team that he's on because I don't think him being on the floor, him being on the floor for extended periods of time is a, is a, good thing but he's an excellent defender and that will help them in certain situations in the playoffs i hate to say it but i think houston's going to roll in this series man i don't i don't know if dallas is going to win a game oh wow really interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna go houston in five to to sort of err on the side of caution but i i feel that strongly about the rockets right now at this moment in time i think they're they've been so strong and and I'm, i'm actually pretty surprised by it Okay, well, first, first of all, I, I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't bring up. Uh, remember who I said uh, was going to be kid in three seed? Yes, that's right, the Warriors. That's right. Uh, and I was also down on Dallas, which right. maybe even more down. I think that I had them as eight, so uh, not too far off there. But anyway, this series is interesting to me. Like, I, I'm sort of. I was sort of down on before the playoff matchups were set, which was on the last day of the season. I sort of had a mentality that I, I was going to be down on the Rockets, and I still sort of going to be down on the Rockets just because one, they the the, the defense that they sort of uh, possessed in the regular season it feels almost inexplicable to without without Dwight Howard 
like you look at you know their individual defenders, it's like not not they have some guys like they have Ariza, uh, they had Beverly, but now they don't have Beverly, they don't have Monty Yunus. I think they're not a deep team in the first place. Uh, you're right, Josh Smith. He's a good defender. Corey Brewer is sort of an overrated defender, not actually that good, but he you know gets a lot of steals. But I think that that Dallas's offense is like so so crisp, and they have so much playoff experience with with you know these guys sort of playing together. <laughs> Granted, not Rondo, but Rondo. You know, everyone always talks about playoff Rondo. I I really don't expect to see playoff Rondo come out anymore or again. I don't. I don't know Not me either. About that, but, but no, this is this is Ellis and yeah. and Dirk's team. This is not Rondo's team. I mean, he he might play well and better than he has been, but I don't think he's going to be that triple double spotlight guy that we've seen in the past. Right. I I just think that Dirk and Monte pick and roll like they have so much experience running that, and you, they took him to San Antonio to seven last year as the eight seed, and granted, like. Part of it had to do with the, the matchup. I just think that this team has so much experience and, and, and they, they've done so much together, especially bringing Chandler back into the situation. I, I think Chandler, you know, will play Dwight almost to a, almost to a standstill in the series because I don't expect Dwight to play that well. Um, yeah, I still think Houston comes out of this just because I look at Dallas's roster and I say, who, who guards James Harden? Like, who guards him, like... Even who do you even Nobody. put on him? You can't put Nobody. Chandler Parsons on him. You can't put Monte on him. It's Brewer. Are they gonna have to do they're gonna card him with Rondo? Oh, I'm sorry, well, Brewer's on Houston. Know. What am I thinking? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, uh what's what's the guy's name? I'm thinking. Hold on, I'm gonna look up Dallas's roster. I slipped my mind right now. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, but I mean, if, from the starters, obviously they're, they're okay. Uh, you, you're gonna have to like from the starting lineup. Are you gonna put the, you have three choices? Are you gonna put Monte Ellis? Chandler Parsons or Rajon Rondo on him. I mean, you're probably going with Rondo and hoping that he steps up, right? You're probably saying, Rondo, we need you to be a stopper. Right, you're going with with Rajon Rondo. James Harden has a six-inch reach advantage. Six-inch height advantage rather than Rondo. Who knows how much of a reach advantage he has. Like, I can't can't imagine any scenario... Which James Harden doesn't average at least thirty points in the series, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm looking at Dallas's roster now, and I don't know who I was thinking of on their bench. Uh, probably nobody. Maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me because there is nobody on this bench. There's I mean, literally nobody. There's literally. It's, it's like it's not even the scenario where I say like who the Celtics gonna gonna put on LeBron, and it's like they're they're. It's no ideal guy, but there's still like guys that you can actually see trying. You know, what I mean? right? You can see Evan. You can see Evan Turner trying to defend LeBron. You can see Jake Crowder trying. You can see, yep. yeah. You can sure. see Smart. You know, limited possession. But I look at Dallas. And who who's going to even stay in front of, of James Harden on that on that team? Uh, it's it's got to be. I mean, you got to force him at Chandler, right? You got to try and. I mean, Houston will obviously trying to be keep, or trying to keep Chandler out of the paint. But you got to force Harden wherever Chandler is on the floor. That's the only way you're going to stop him, uh, assuming he doesn't shoot over you. Anyway, um, yeah. we got to move on. We got to move. Next. Okay. The three seed. Did you, did you make your pick? I did. I said Houston in five. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm trying the reverse jinx here, Calvin. I don't want Houston to win this series. I'd like to see Dallas move on, but I just, it doesn't look like they, they have what it takes. The, and the, just the fact that they're looking at their roster now and their bench, it's it's pretty pitiful. So I know the bench doesn't really matter in the playoffs as much. You're only going seven or eight deep tops, but th- there's, there are a few players that need to come in off the bench at some point. Your starters aren't, aren't going to all play 48 minutes. And right. when you're looking at Amari Stoudemire and Richard Jefferson, you're thinking that it's 2007, uh, but it's not. Um, the Clippers are the three seed in your hometown of Los Angeles. They take on the defending champion San Antonio Spurs. Is that right? Yep. Why is that? This is weird. I'm looking at, uh, oh, this is not official. That's why. They've got the seeds flipped here on the on the thing I'm looking at. That is, it freaked me out for a second. It says 3-5, not 3-6. Um, that's why I was confused. Anyway, Clippers Spurs, the defending champs uh, get into the playoffs again. This has pretty much been the, their M.O., all 
for the last five years or so, get a, I mean, they've had a couple of seasons where they were at the top of the, the Western Conference, but they basically just want to get in and they are confident that they can find a way to make it to the NBA Finals. This Clippers team, on the other hand, I have been up and down on them all year, Calvin, and you know this. So I don't, this is the toughest series to pick in my mind, tougher than that Raptors Wizards series. This one's going seven in my mind. This one's going seven. And it's, it's feels like one of those series where it's not like anybody gets a huge lead ever. I think it's going to be somebody wins a game, then they lose a game. And it's just going to flip back and forth, back and forth until somebody can find a way to win two in a row uh, at that, at the end there uh, with that six, seven, whoever wins six, if they can win seven, et cetera. But I feel like it's going to be Clippers, then Spurs, and Clippers and Spurs. And I feel like it's going to be a close series overall. The games are going to be close. I would tend to lean on the side of the experience and the Spurs, but I know that Doc Rivers is has been there before, and if these guys are really buying into him and he's got them working the way he had the Celtics working seven years ago, then they're not going to be an easy out. So another tough one for me, I'm going with Spurs in seven just because they're the the defending champs and I can't see them getting knocked out in the first round. Although you'll probably have a compelling case for the Clippers here because that team is pretty special, right? Right. You know, as as people know, I I hate both of these teams. I don't like either one of these teams. I'm glad they're playing each other because that means one of them is going to be eliminated in the first round. It's yep. just better, better news for the Warriors because they're basically the, the team that's the event. But uh, that being said, I'm going with the upset here. I'm I, I'm one of the only people I've seen actually. I'm I'm taking hmm. the Clippers in seven games in this year. Oh, you think that's the upset? Interesting. Okay. I, yeah, I am taking the upset. I'm t- I'm taking the Clippers. Uh, Vegas and most people have the Spurs, but. One, like for all the talk about how hot the Spurs were going down the stretch of the season, they won 11 in a row, uh, you know, before that loss to the Pelicans at the end of the season. The, the Clippers won like 13 out of 14. So they were just as hot as the Spurs, but like somehow it, it was like underreported. And I just think they match up well with the Spurs. The Spurs have trouble with the Clippers' athletic front line. Like Tim Duncan. You know, as well as he played this year, can't really stay in front of DeAndre Jordan. He he kind of just gets lobs on him all day, and like they can't they can't put Duncan or Splitter on uh, Blake Griffin. He's sort of you know out there too fast. Now they can't really play Kawhi on Blake either because he he's a little bit too big for him. They can't you know limited stretches, but you can't play him on. You can't play Kawhi on DeAndre. So it's like yeah, Kawhi can't terrorize Chris Paul. Or stretches, but they they can't do that the entire game. Uh, he'll get in foul trouble, so I, I expect Chris Paul might have a difficult series. But guess what? Chris Paul's going to be able to do the same thing to Tony Parker on the other end. He's one of the best defensive point guards in the league. He and Tony Parker is not the kind of guy who gives Chris Paul trouble defensively. Like you, you're super athletic, like Russell Westbrook types. Right? Uh, are the guys who can, you know, who can sort of blow past what what Chris Paul does defensively. He's dirty. It's going to frustrate Parker and take them out of their offense. I just think, you know, San Antonio is still going to do what they do. Clippers are still going to have trouble with Kawhi, but it's not like Kawhi is going to score 40 points a game in the series. They're still probably going to have trouble with Danny Green, but I think Danny Green and and Reddick sort of nullify each other. I just just like the matchup for the Clippers. But again, I do think it's essentially an even series. But in the end, I'm, I'm going to just say that the Clippers take it out for that reason. Homer. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Next, though, just kidding, just kidding. Next up is, by the way, I don't, I'm not liking my predictions. I'm start, I just had this feeling of I'm going to be wrong on all of them. So I don't even want to go back and listen. I'm not keeping track. I, I just, I'm just going to pretend this last hour never happened. The 4-5 matchup in the West is... Portland <clears throat> against Memphis and man tough to tell what this Memphis team is going to do huh Marcus Gasol got injured the other night I and mean, he tweaked his knee I believe and he's fine he's going to play of course but I just feel like Memphis every other week they're losing a player to a minor injury can this team stay healthy for a seven game series in the playoffs I'm not sure 
I hope they can because I just I don't think Portland is, is going to be that good of a matchup for Golden State in the next round. I think Golden State would or I think the series would be longer if they were playing Memphis. So the basketball fan in me wants Memphis to win this series. Uh, I'm just, I just have questions about if they can stay healthy for a full seven games because I think this thing's going six uh, at least. I'm actually going to go with, with Memphis in six, uh, but that's only because I'm not so sure that Portland is really the playoff type of team just yet. They've shown in the past that they're pretty good in the regular season. Um, but again, this is another team where once you get past their their first five, I mean, you have to bring in that six, seven, eight, man. Uh, they're just not very strong. And I think that if Memphis can manage their health and manage uh, the their their style of play over the course of the, the series, then they're going to take it. So I'm going with Memphis in six. This, series, this one feels like impossible for me to pick, though, in, in the way that you were talking about uh, Washington, Toronto. Uh-huh. And for me, it's because it's, it's not for the same reason. It's because I have no idea, like, who's going to be healthy in this series and how healthy they're going to be. It's it's not just Mark Gasol. It's Mike Conley's been hurt. Uh, it's Tony Allen. Like, they don't even know if he's going to play in the series. Like, they don't, if they don't have Tony Allen, guess what? Memphis isn't Memphis. That's, that's not, like... There's still right. sort of a facsimile of that, but like since he's been hurt in the second half of the season, like they haven't been this, the same team, and, and mm-hmm. they also have you know human time bomb Jeff Green on that team, like literally doing the Jeff Green thing where he's like he has a different role every night, and Memphis is like a team that thrives on having defined roles and guys doing exactly what they should do, and, and it's like Jeff Green's human question mark is is sort of ruining the team a little bit as well. Um, so it, it's also creating a question mark for me. I look at Portland like they're not a question mark. Like if if they had like if they had West Matthews, you know, and they had you know, Batum playing better, and they had they're they're basically their team at full strength. I I'd, I'd like Portland in this series for that reason, but because they don't, they still still I still know exactly what they are. They are a yeah. limited team, but West Matthews is a big loss. Yeah, if Conley was healthy, I, I think that, if, or even Tony Allen, I, I I think that Damian Lillard wouldn't be able to do Damian Lillard things. But without him being 100% and without Allen out there on the court, I just wonder if Lillard is going to be able to go off and have his superhuman series like he did against Houston last year in, in Portland to the next round. Right now, I kind of want to pick that upset. And you know what? I think I'm going to. I, I, I think I'll take Portland in seven right now. Boom, Portland. There you have it, folks. No, no Portland, Portland at six. I'm sorry. I, I forgot that uh, even though they're the four, they do not have home court. I don't think they can win it at game seven in Memphis. So I'll take Portland at six. All right, Portland at six. There it is. Done and done. Um, that's that's it. That's it, Calvin. The only thing that's left is the boring part of the show, for me anyway, because I am I'm going with the chalk on this one. NBA Finals prediction. I say Golden State and the Cleveland Cavaliers. La-di-da, ladies and gentlemen. How hard was that? Yeah, I'm just going with the with with Vegas on this one, Calvin. And uh I'm I'm picking Golden State to win this thing. I think I think they uh, they have what it takes. I think they've they've taken their roster from last year and they've improved it and they are more hardened. And I think that they just have been playing defense that is good enough to win a title when you have the type of players that they do on offense. So um, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say that by any means, but I'm going with the Golden State Warriors over the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA Finals um, in uh, six games. I'm also going with Golden State over Cleveland. I, I, I think that had the Spurs sort of had a more favorable playoff matchup, and even if they, you know, they get past the Clippers, they'll they won't have home court in the second round, and then you know they'd be playing what Houston probably, and mm-hmm. then, then they would then they would have to play the Warriors. Like it's just, to me, it's just like too tough of a road for them to to, to hoe. I, I know they're actually like 
the, the third favorite right now to win the title. Like Cleveland is the favorite to win the title, which which you might think doesn't make sense, but if you just you have to consider Rhodes, you know the fact that they right. they really no offense to the Celtics, but they really don't have the same road that Western Conference teams have. Oh, to nobody does in the East. Yeah. So it makes sense to make Cleveland the favorite, then Golden State, and then Spurs, and then everybody else is like, like the Spurs are like five to one, and then like the next team, I think it's the Rockets, they're like fourteen to one. So there's just a huge gap between those three teams and everybody else. And I think if you're not picking one of those three teams to make the final, to, to win the finals, then uh, that's impressive because I I have a hard time saying it. All right, that's going to do it for us. But you can hear Calvin and I. On Sunday afternoon at 5.30 p.m. after game one of that Celtics-Cleveland series. That's right. We're doing the Celtics post-game show together. And uh, I'm hoping the Celtics find a way to pull that one out. I heard yesterday, Calvin, that they are a 1,600-1 to dog to uh, lead in the series. So it, for those those of you out there, if you uh, if you have some money to throw down on the Celtics possibly winning game one, those are good odds. Call your bookie. And if you are a Wait. bookie, call me. You didn't, it can't be 1,600 to 1. To, to lead in the series? That's what I heard yesterday. That, yeah, that, that, that can't possibly be right. They could like, theoretically win game one. You're saying you can That's win it. 1,600 to 1 to mean $1,600 for a $1 bet. Wait a minute. Six, I'm sorry, 16. 16 to 1. Did I say 1,600? Oh. Yeah, you said 1,600 to 1. Oh, Yes, sixteen to one, eight hundred on fifty bucks. There you go. You, yes. Oh, okay. Well, even even sixteen to one sounds like yes, yeah, sixteen I, to one. Eight, that was the, I don't know yeah. why I said sixteen hundred. My mistake. Um, sixteen to one because it was it, bet fifty to win eight hundred. That was what somebody said. Uh, some caller on the on one of the radio stations yesterday. So take that for what you will. But if that was accurate and you uh, you've got some money to throw down and you know a bookie. Then put it down. And if you're a bookie, please call me. Um, then for game two, Calvin, after that, it'll be Jess Thomas and Timmy Sclafani. That's on Tuesday. Uh, game three, Bobby Kravitsky and Warren Shaw. And also after that game, don't forget, Jared Weiss will be calling in from the Boston Garden for their first playoff game in a couple of years. Uh, he will be doing the Garden Report afterwards, so be sure to check that out as well. Head on over to youtube.com slash Radio to see all of the great stuff that Jared has put together. And please, by all means, download our app if you haven't already. You can get it on iPhones and on the Google Play Store. Do it, baby. Uh, Calvin, man, you got anything else you want to say? We took the full hour. Yeah, you, you were right to schedule that hour. Uh, no, hopefully we'll be back Tuesday with a lot of things to say and a lot of different subjects. Uh, good luck to the Celtics, and I will talk to you tomorrow after game one. All right, everybody. Keep in mind, LeBron James has never lost a playoff Not series. In the first Not round. Never lost a playoff series in the first round. He's going for his ninth in a row. We will talk to you next time. Now i got to find the outro. Goodbye and good afternoon. Times in Cleveland today, Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Come and look at both of our buildings. Buy some food that's prepared near the street. Who knows, you might even see this guy. You should come on down to West 6th Street. It's the perfect place if you're a douchebag. Watch the poor people all wait for buses. Who the fuck still uses a payphone? Here's the place where there used to be industry. This train is carrying jobs out of Cleveland. Cleveland leads the nation in drifters. Here's a statue of Moses Cleveland. He's the guy who invented Cleveland. Yeah! Go Celtics! You ever been in a ball fight?
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.